Welcome into the Titan Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you follow A to Z on all of the socials at A to Z Sports. You can also follow Jack and I on Twitter. I'm at Austin Huff and Jack is at Jack A. Gentry. We've got a fun sode for you. Today we're joined by our first ever Tennessee Titan. So we're popping our Titan cherry, if you will. Sorry, that's a weird way to say that. Uh, Brad Hopkins is joining us. That's basically what I was getting at. Uh, former uh, All-Pro, former two-time uh, two-time Pro Bowler, Brad Hopkins, will be joining us on this podcast. We're gonna we're gonna hit on a lot of different things with him. He's great. He is a lot of fun. So you're gonna enjoy it. Also, we've got a Clowny Watch update. We're gonna talk uh, about an important hire that the Titans made. We're going to hit on a hilarious hire that the Texans made. And we've got some AFC South division winner projections, plus a farewell to Logan Ryan. Jack, uh, mm. keep me from crying. Yeah, I'll do my best, but you, you got to do the same for me. Goodness, the waterworks are already flowing. Uh, but before we get to Tuppen, let me talk to you about TennesseeTickets.com. You know what it is. It's the place you should trust with any of your ticket purchases. They have Titan season tickets available at TennesseeTickets.com, but you can get even better deals if you call them. Write this phone number down, okay? And I know you hear that all the time on like commercial stuff, but actually write this down. 615-970-1500. I'm not going to read it again because you can rewind this because it's a podcast. All deals come with zero hidden fees at checkout. Unlike the other sites. And when you hit them up, make sure you tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. Now, with that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is May 6th. 2020, the Seis de Mayo, as they call it. And for what feels like the 82nd week in a row, Clowny Watch continues. Quarantine will be a distant memory by the time Jadavian Clowny signs somewhere. Right? So I saw that he is content to wait until Camp Buck Rising. I saw on A to Z's Instagram page that all of y'all should be following, anyways. Oh, shout Stab. out said that uh yeah don't expect a signing anytime soon and that's that's kind of been you know what the what the story's been with Clowney this whole offseason is that it's no, nothing's imminent as Robinson said I believe last week um so so this doesn't come as a surprise it comes as a disappointment though because does, we are begging for finality <laughs> in this thing does Jadavia know that um like he doesn't have to leave his house to sign this deal it's not like that he, hard <laughs> it's not like a it's not like the stay-at-home order involves signing contracts in the NFL because plenty of guys have signed during quarantine. He like he doesn't have to wait for restaurants to open back up before he he makes his decision. Like go and buy I a fax like, machine. You think you think with all that money he'd have a fax machine or something in his house to where he could get this done, right? And at very least, he could get one on Amazon. You know, have one yeah. shipped to his house. <laughs> you know, like look, we've all we've. We've not only hit that point, we're like we've hit that point and we're beyond that point of making ridiculous purchases on Amazon. Like we're we're confined at home. We're like, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna order some stuff online. Like we've all done it. 
And so I'm sure Clowney has like maybe three fax machines by now with the amount of time that we've been quarantined. So yeah, sure. That, that can't be the issue. Why now I'll say this, you know, me, I'm team content through and through. Like I love, I, I am all for like, I, yes, I want the Titans to win, but I also want stuff to talk about. And this gives us stuff to talk about. The only problem is if he's going to drag it out this long, what I need him to do is drop little tidbits along the way of like, you know, maybe, maybe like, uh, like tweet the eyeball emoji, you know, yes. maybe, maybe give us something like some sort of traction or, uh, do some cryptic tweets or, or yeah. maybe unfollow or follow a certain Instagram account. Give us something to like, get us uh, really churning. I agree. He needs to leave a bread, like a breadcrumb trail of just <laughs> mysterious activity that we can all jump to ridiculous conclusions on. Maybe like one week he, he accidentally tweets like, you know how old people who have Twitter, like Bob Ryan tweet, yeah. like <laughs> pocket, pocket tweets, random yes. things. Maybe, yes. maybe it comes in the form of a pocket tweet where fans have to kind of, you know, decode the tweet and put the letters in the right place. Something like right. that. I agree. Or it, follow, yeah, it doesn't unfollow. even have to be a pocket tweet. He could just have uh, uh, Cam Newton uh, do a tweet. Oh, you know? yeah, that's great. They could team up, free agent team. Right yeah, there. just like just just say, hey, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Cam, do you mind logging into my account real quick and just sending <laughs> any sort of tweet? You can say literally whatever you want, and people will try and decode it for hours. <laughs> no, that's a great idea. And I mean, I think people are in the same boat who need backup quarterbacks like Cam, obviously. Or starting quarterbacks. I think he, he's not going to find a backup job. He'll, he'll likely push for a starting job, which is disappointing for Titans fans. I think a lot of us uh, would appreciate to have Cam, but that's not going to happen. But Clowney's the more realistic, obviously. And yeah, Cam does have an interesting way of putting himself out there on social media. And that's why he's a suspicious person. That's why it's fun to follow, you know, maybe what he's saying, what he's doing on Instagram or Twitter. Whereas Clowney is... He's kind of go, gone silent on us, hasn't he? Yeah. Which, real quick, on the uh, backup quarterback front, I I had this like epiphany this past weekend where I was I, I was just like like cooking a meal or something, which doesn't happen very often, not to brag, but uh, it, I was cooking something and I just randomly thought, man, I would love to have Blake Bortles as the Titans' backup quarterback, and I know like that's. You know, you can think what you want about Blake Bortles and who he is as a quarterback, but to me, he's a perfect backup quarterback. And I and I started thinking, I almost texted you too. I was I started thinking, I was like, man, that'd be a great take for the podcast. But then I realized they've got uh what L- Logan Woodside or whatever Logan Woodside, um, uh-huh. as their third string. Cole they got McDonald. Cole McDonald, right? They just drafted Cole McDonald, so I'm like, I don't, I don't think the titans i think they're they feel like they're set at backup quarterback and you and i have talked about mm-hmm. that's the most important position on on this team <laughs> forget the d-line forget everything the backup quarterback has made or break uh, made or braked that's not good english but made or braked this team for the past <laughs> two seasons you know <laughs> yeah. like it like blaine gabbard in week 17 two years ago they missed out on the playoffs Ryan Tannehill last season, they not only make the playoffs, but they go to the AFC championship. Like, so it's a big deal. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of wish that they would maybe, and if you can get them for as cheap as the saints got Jameis Winston, I don't think you can, because I don't think anyone will sign a contract as dumb as Jameis Winston signed this off season. But if you can get someone for like a million dollars for a season, 
why not? Like get a Blake Bortles. Yeah. And before we move on, because I want to ask you on what what's Vegas's latest opinion on yes. where Clowney lands. But before we get there, I just want to say, yeah, wouldn't it be a weird circle of life if Blake Bortles went from being the Jags quarterback, getting crushed by the Titans, to going out west, you know, figuring it out, getting maybe working towards a new contract, coming to the Titans where he can then watch the former his former <laughs> employer get crushed right. by his current employer in the Titans. And, and and the reason why I, I feel like Bortles would be great, and we completely going off topic. We wanted to start with a clowny watch, but <laughs> but I but it, it just got me thinking. The reason I think Bortles would be great would be is because he has the same trajectory of Ryan Tannehill in in a sense. Mm-hmm. Think about it. When Bortles was with the Jaguars, they played in an AFC Championship game. Like he brought the Jaguars to the AFC Championship. So I feel like he's got that. He, he's good enough and. When Ryan Tannehill was signed by the Titans, no one batted an eyelash. Like no one thought twice about it. It was like, okay, that may, I mean, he'll make a good backup. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Blake Boros. Blake Boros is just sitting out there as a free agent. Nobody's, nobody's, you know, thinking twice about him. But if you bring him in, he's. I feel like he's good enough to where he could win if Ryan Tannehill went down. Yeah, I, I think, and, he, I, and he'd have better weapons, which he he kind of hasn't had the last few years. Uh, at least his last couple of years in Jacksonville. So yeah, I think they'll make a veteran quarterback move once camp cuts start coming around. Once camp right. finally comes around, but when camp comes around, hopefully we get an answer from Clowney on where he's landing. What do you? What's the latest from Las Vegas that you've you've found? Well, I'll be honest. I'm not a big gambler, so like odds mean very little to me. But I do know this: when your team is listed close to the top of odds lists, that that's better. <laughs> it's better be a good sign yes, <laughs> yes. From a because they, gambler over here. they normally make those lists in numerical order and mm-hmm. if your team is at the top that's a good sign and i'll say this the titans are at the top of this list that i saw from uh um i, I can't remember i i didn't even write down i didn't write down where this where these odds are coming from so what sports book they're coming from but the titans are plus 200 leads that's, the nfl yeah. to sign jadavian Clowney. Close behind the Seahawks plus three fifty, Browns plus four hundred, Colts. What the hell are you doing here? Plus six hundred. Oh, please don't. Giants plus eight hundred, Eagles plus a thousand, and Peter Schrager's. I think Giants were right after the Eagles. I don't have their odds, but yeah, um, that's what it's kind of. That's what it's not too surprising. I mean, the fact that the Titans are two hundred and the Seahawks are following at plus three fifty is. I mean, we've known it's those two, right? We just didn't know who who was in front right. of the other because they both made offers. So yeah. yeah, that is encouraging because Vegas always knows, and may, hopefully they're on the right track with this one. I the, the house always wins. Is what always. They, that's is, why they have, uh, I believe what they say. That's why the buildings are so tall out there <laughs> because they always win. And uh, another little Vegas tidbit is I saw Clowney had the ninth best odds at winning Defensive Player of, of the Year, and he's not even signed to a team yet. Nobody knows who he's playing for. Yeah, I think the Bosa brothers and the Watt brothers uh, in front of him with Gilmore from the Patriots, Jones from the the Cardinals, and uh, I'm, I'm leaving somebody out. Oh, Khalil Mack with the Bears. But isn't that yeah. crazy? That's almost crazier yeah. to me that he's he's teamless and he still right. has the ninth best odds. So Jadavian, like if you're listening, and we know you are, um, you for you to win Defensive Player of the Year, you have to be on a team. So you might as well just sign with one, like sign with one, like right now, dude, <laughs> you, like you can't ready. You, like you're, you're, yeah, you're ninth in odds to win defensive player of the year, but 
to be eligible, you have to be on a team. So there's one in Nashville that I think would you would love and would would benefit your strong suits in playing. Obviously, you had your best season under Mike Vrabel as the uh, defensive coordinator in Texans, so might as well. Maybe he's just waiting for Kid Rock's bar to open back up before he signs. That's you know, honestly, that's, that's probably what it is. is. Yeah. If I know one thing about Jadavian Clowney, <laughs> he is a huge Kid Rock fan. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's our uh, Clowny watch update with a little Blake Bortles talk mixed in <laughs> backup QB, which is still important. We will maybe hit on that on another mm-hmm. later date, but uh, we got to get to our guy, Brad Hopkins, Brad Hopkins. You guys know him as just the one of the, honestly, I, I would say he's one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play for the Titans. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to have the career that he had started in Houston ended obviously as a Titan, it we're gonna we're gonna hit on a lot of Titans talk with him. We're gonna talk about his son Bryson, who was drafted by the um, by the Rams, which is very cool. I was kind of bummed he really wanted to come to Nashville, but we'll hit on that and much more here with Brad Hopkins no uh, right now. We about to like this thing here up to the sea Titans. Titans. He's number seventy two in your playbooks, but number one in your hearts. Out of the University of Illinois in Champaign. Where he was an All-American and All-Big Ten. He was drafted 13th overall in the 1993 NFL Draft, where he played 13 seasons all with the Houston Oilers and Tennessee Titans. He is a two-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro and just one of my favorite Titans and people in on planet Earth. Not only did he protect his quarterback, but um, he also gave me like one of the one of my favorite stat lines of his is the fact that he recovered seven fumbles in his career. He protects that football, guys. You can currently hear him on Sirius XM Sundays on the end zone uh, on channel 88. You can follow him on Twitter at B underscore hop 72. He is Bradley D. Hopkins. B. Hop, how are you? <laughs> hey, I feel like I'm in trouble, man. He's like my mom <laughs> called me. That's well, nice. that, it's that's actually why we brought you on. Uh, we wanted to uh, reprimand you for the my mom. Yeah. done. How are you guys doing today? What's going Doing on? good, man. Oh, we're making it. And that's about it, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yep. Current yeah, you're, you're, you're currently without power right now is what we... Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, there was... Um, and I think my wife said that um, F-Zero is an actual category for tornadoes, correct? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, and we'll look it up. It was 65 to 71 mile an hour winds classified as an F-Zero. No, 85 miles an hour classified. 65 to 85 miles an hour classifies it as an F zero. We had 71 mile an hour winds, um, a lot of which some older trees, you know, toppled onto power lines. So, like you just mentioned, about you know 130,000 people were without power, and still remaining about 50,000 are without. And we're going on day three now. So, um, we went and bought ice, and we have tons of coolers because we like to you know hang out <laughs> outdoors and stuff. So we've got you know. Compartmentalized beverages in one cooler, you know. The fortunate thing for us is that uh, my wife and I were really on this. Uh, we we're on meal prep. Uh, there's a company called Eat Fresh um, yeah. out of Nashville here, and um, we were really trying to watch our caloric intake. So fortunately for us, um, we were buying our meals already prepped, you know, to make sure we were doing the right thing. So we just had to make sure that our meals stay on ice and that we don't spoil. I was going to say, uh, well, one, I, I, I guess I should have added a meteorologist to uh, your intro that I just gave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also, Brad, you are one of the rare um, former athletes, ex-athletes, 
who somehow looks better now than you did during your playing days. Like you look good, dude. I don't know. Like it's like a <laughs> like a freaking. I need a bottle of wine of Brad Hopkins wine because you age well, dude. You you know the the, the thing is it's being surrounded by young people. First off, football it, it creates an uh, you know like an image in your mind that you know. When I was 36 years old, I'm playing against like 22 year olds, right? So it's a very young industry. And I never saw myself as 36 when I was 36. Yeah, right. Now, of course, I wasn't. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Wasn't, now, I knew that in my mind's eye I wasn't 22, 23, you know, but I'm still playing a sport that we're all playing. I played it for 13 years, so I'm seeing a, a huge range of ages, but I still got to be able to compete. So in my mind's eye, I'm not 36. Just like I'll be 50 in September, I don't feel 50. You know, and Jeez, and I think don't that look it either. Well, just the things around me, like you know, like my sons, they they have, I mean, a very active workout regime. My daughter as well, so they're into. It. My wife is a yoga instructor, um, so you know, we're talking about stretching muscles, and and of course, she won't let me even drink milk anymore. I've got to drink this soy milk and stuff. <laughs> you know, and you know, my snacks are like fruit and you know, veggies and stuff. That sounds awful. I'm not going to lie to you, Brad. That sounds terrible. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, guys, and, you know, um, I actually went to um, the NFL had a um, a cool thing where they allowed former players to go get health screenings. And uh, I was part of a, of a study out of Raleigh, North Carolina, where they were, you know, they went through the whole gambit. Um, EK, the EKGs, they did the, the cognitive stuff, they did, uh, you know, blood work, all this stuff. And, you know, being honest, some of my levels... They were they weren't alarming, but they were like, "Ooh, you better get this under control now." So I, you know, I had to start taking high blood pressure medicine. That was one of the issues. But then also they're telling me about my my sugar intake, and I know that I I have diabetes in my family, so I got to start watching what I eat. And in doing that, you also have to get your heart rate up. So I try my best to stay on an active routine of of working out. So I've come up with a really good workout that I can do even while the gyms are closed. I just need a, you know, I don't know, six by 10 foot space, um, a box to do step ups. It's somehow I'm using my daughter's, you know, her little lounger thing. I'm using <laughs> that right now at the house. But as long as you're getting your heart rate up and you're eating right, you should be, you should be good. Brad, you mentioned your son earlier. And yeah. I want to know, he was just taken in the fourth round by the Los Angeles Rams. What was that moment like for you as a father watching your son get drafted? So he was sitting right to my right and uh you know when we started getting into the zone where we figured bryson might go you know everything that happened on his phone we were like what's going on <laughs> you know because he had his volume set up also you know what i'm talking about he had the volume set high so every text they went right we were all like, <laughs> who's that and he wasn't who's that? saying anything yeah exactly so um saw a couple of guys go in front of him that we were like you know this kind of mm -hmm. you know head scratchers and who's to, who's to say that they won't turn out to be you know you know pro bowlers you know we hope that they do um but just guys that were that were ranked lower than bryce and and, and who cares about rankings but whatever it's something to go by right and uh that we didn't think he had as good a performance in indianapolis that bryson did but yet and still they found great teams and and god bless them hopefully have great careers um but it, it, in my mind it was a little i was a little anxious you know what i mean like what is going on but it went it it lent to just the the, the total character of the draft. You have no idea. You know what I mean? There were guys yeah. that were getting drafted. There were guys that weren't getting drafted um, that were amazing. I mean, Hunter Bryant out of Washington. I, I thought he had a phenomenal. He was all Pac-12, right? 
didn't get drafted, Jack. I'm like, wow. You know, so there are situations like, like that that happen every single year, and you never really know who it's going to be. But when, you know, he leaned forward, and he put the phone to his ear, and he said, hey, coach. I said, oh, my gosh. I looked at my wife was right here, and his mom was on the other side of her. And we just kind of looked like, this is the moment. We didn't know who it was. You know, but he was saying, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then another coach got on and then there was one more coach. There was three coaches he had talked to in a few minutes. And then he just sat back. And we're like, you know, <laughs> what's up? And he said, and he pointed to the, to the TV because we're all, of course, watching the feed. The feed. And he, I guess he didn't realize that we were, t- like, almost 10, 10 minutes behind the picks. So we'd have to sit there and wait 10 minutes for it to show up on the screen rather than him just saying who it was, you know? Oh, my gosh. So, so he, like, put, he, like, he, he did, like, the Ryan Seacrest. He just, like, drag it out, drug it out for he, you guys. He, st- he tried to. But then we were like, hey, come on, man. What's Gibbs? And he, he was caught like, on. It was the Rams. And we were like, wow. <laughs> and then it started, you know, like, um, his agent text and stuff. He texted me and was like, you know, we're just talking about the fit. And, you know, Bryson in that kind of environment, you know? I mean, think about it. It's an introduction of a brand new stadium, state of the art. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in the second largest media market in the country. Yeah. Um, celebrities will be coming to watch Ram games, of course. Um, they're competitive, which really, you know, and yeah, so make a year removed to, from the Super Bowl. Right. A year removed from the Super Bowl. And Austin, you know, when you're in an environment where you have to prove yourself, which is, you know, a third and fourth round pick, you got to prove yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying, you know, guys like that, hey, you, you get cut, you can get cut too. You know what I mean? Hell, look at the 2017 draft, right? Where the top five pick, one dude is still in the league or, or at least right. worth getting an extension on. So that just goes to show you, man, there's no guarantees, right? So at least being in an environment where he feels he can compete, you know what I mean? Then that's important. But, you know, he's got to go out there and show that, um, that he's worth the 136th pick. And you you mentioned you, you do have to stand out as a fourth-round pick. And he plays a different position than you did. You were, you were left tackle yeah. protecting McNair's blind side. And he comes in the league as a tight end. And part of the job as a tight end is to block. So did you kind of let him in on your secrets with footwork and technique to kind of help him in, in his blocking game develop? No, we didn't We didn't let him in on the secrets. We trained with him, Jack, mm-hmm. just like I did Jimmy Graham. Okay. When, okay. when Jimmy was here at D1, good company. Um, I trained him on pass blocking. He was terrible at pass blocking. <laughs> Why? Because he's a basketball player and wasn't yeah. that far removed. Austin, you remember him playing the hooping for Miami, wasn't it? Wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, um, a dual sport athlete, of course. When and think about it, most tight ends are because they're taller on average, but they're just they got you know bigger trunks. You know what I mean? Which kind of keep them a little more rooted. You know what I mean? So if you're not six seven six eight. You're, if you have athleticism, then tight end is probably the route for you. So, of course, we work with Bryson on, you know, just, you know, the, the importance of leverage and balance. You know, we didn't expect Bryson to be some blow you off the ball type, you know, offensive blocker. It's just not he's not cut like that, you know. But what he is able to do is, you know, obviously deflect, get in front of people, you know, use his quick feet, um, divert a little bit, you know, be physical. That's all anyone would ask you to do, stick your nose in there, right? And he's able to do some of those things, and we just kind of work with some of the just the intangibles that he would have to know um, to be a more effective blocker. But other than that, he was with Derek Mason most of the time. Because I'm, I'm, I didn't know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I also um, work with a company called um, Boost Performance. Um, Jack Lou Allen is our um, head trainer, and uh, he oversees me, Derek Mason, Al Smith, um, Tony Brown, 
um, Blaine Bishop. We all work with athletes at those respective positions, getting them ready for combine at Bruce uh, Fitness over here in uh, Middle Nashville. So that's awesome. You know, I get a chance yeah. to work with this John Simmons, the um, third rounder out of Clemson. That's my guy. Uh, Natani Mutai, the um, the seventh rounder out of uh, Fresno State, went to the Broncos. That's my guy. Um, the that's Bears awesome. got one of our guys um, from TSU, um, Lacavia Simmons. Uh, we call him Pig. He's, that's one of our guys. So this, we got a, we work on tons of athletes. Bryson was one of them this year. You know, went up to, to the combine, had a great showing, which you know was reflective of the work that he was doing with those group of guys, and uh, it was fun. It's awesome. I got to ask you this, Brad. Just like, you know how you know everyone always talks about you know playing hoops with their dad in the driveway, and you know there's there's always that moment where like you became better than your dad, and like you were able to finally beat your dad and like come over over overcome that major hurdle in life. However, I feel like with you and your son, since you were drafted 13th overall and he was drafted in the third or fourth round, that you will always have that bragging rights over him. And I got to ask, have you let him hear or hear that yet? Like as that, as that <laughs> slipped into the vernacular of just like, uh, you know, not to brag, but you know, your old man was taken 13th overall and that will always like, he'll never be able to top that. Yeah, some, you know, the thing is, though, somebody mentioned that when they thought that he might be a draft hopeful when he started, you know, just talking about the prospect of him becoming a draft pick. And uh, he's like, 13th pick? Are you crazy? You know, he, goes, he looked at me and goes, the guy's insane. You know, so it wasn't ever something that he was trying to, you know, to accomplish, you know, being the 13th pick that's in the just, draft. I mean, that's, he, that's... He, understood, he understood the importance of the opportunity. And what if you were a 13th pick but went to a crappy team versus yeah. being the 136th pick to a great team? You know, so it's really about where you get your start. And in the end, fellas, I walked to watch the combine with John Randall. You guys remember John Randall, defense line, and, played uh, for a number they, of different teams. They, I think exactly. I black. He used to go I black all the way, right? Face. All the way, yeah. maniac, right? Ah, he's completely different out the field. He's <laughs> he doesn't wear the eye black off the field. No, I didn't. See, we didn't wear that. Yeah, I saw him anyway. And we just talked. You know, we talked about our experiences on the field, and um, and we watched Bryson get get ready for the draft. And you know, I just realized that there's a lot that goes into it. You know, and I, I kind of forgot my train of thought where I was going with that. So I talked about John Randall and just remembered the combine. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's like Bryson never really had to prove anything. You know, I mean, he never he never really wanted to um, upstage me or even be like me. You know, now I will say that, you know, both of our passions in high school were basketball. And let's just say that maybe, you know, if, if it weren't football, basketball was something that we would have would transition into. Now, then I think we would have been more comparable because basketball, first off, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have added an extra 25 pounds on my frame. Yeah. No, actually, being honest, fellas. More like 100 pounds. <laughs> and I, I'm not even kidding you because, you know, Bryce and I have almost, you know, have very similar builds. You know, I'm six, four and a half. He's six, five. Um, he's two forty five. I'm two sixty five. Um, but when I was playing football, that was in an era where 300 pound offensive linemen, you just didn't see him all the time. Right. So I was tickling like 280, you know, 285. And they're like, man, you sure look good at three bells. <laughs> and I put it on the wrong way, but I got to 300 pounds. And yeah. uh, then from there, I just 
it got even more ridiculous to where I actually was 346 my second year in the league. Goodness. So, yeah, imagine if I didn't play if I didn't play football, I wouldn't have met, wouldn't have added that layer. Now, I will say that, you know, I was a, I was the strongest I'd ever been, you know, because you need that kind of insulation when you're playing in the trenches, okay? So it's not like it wasn't needed, um, but that's just not how my frame was, you know, is, and that's why it was easier for me to if you get into a regime, you know, process to Show the weight. I was gonna say I feel like I put on that much weight just just in uh, quarantine. But um, Brad, <laughs> no, you did you both, when when you found out it was the Rams? Did you have any like uh, flashbacks uh, to Super Bowl thirty? Like, do were like, did you cringe a little bit? Like, even even just like the slightest of just like, oh, really, the Rams? So the thing is, I was doing an interview for somebody, and um, they asked me that very question, and I said, you know what? So I used to work with a guy in Nashville. His name was Austin Huff, and he was the only the first person to remind me because I didn't even until you put it on Twitter. I didn't even dawn it didn't even dawn on me, dude. And then I saw that you, your Twitter post, and I thought, "Holy crap! You gotta be kidding me!" And I started putting it together, you know. And then, of course, if you if you of course I wouldn't expect you to know Bryson's draft um, when he was right the 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 footage that they played of him, you know, with his brother. Yeah, uh, all this no, I stuff. remember. Like, watch I, I watched, yeah, I, I saw the. Uh, they showed the clips of you walking, like holding their hands, walking up the yeah. tunnel and stuff. Okay, so do, what team did they have me blocking in that coverage? The Rams. Oh I was blocking God. Grant Winstrom. So they did a great job in the production to find the team. Now, I mean, think about it. What if I? Uh, what if I? Uh, Bryson would have got drafted to the Ravens. You know, yeah. would they have found some Ravens footage of me blocking? Yeah, Tony maybe, maybe maybe they had that on. On I don't know. Maybe they did. But it was just perfect production where you see me blocking a ram, and I really didn't even think about it. And I see your tweet, and I'm thinking, oh, crap. But Bryson was at that game. At the, at the Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, he was – Oh, my gosh. He was seven. My he goodness. Seven. My goodness. Yeah. And I will say this. Right after, if you no, go back I'm sorry. and watch it – I'm sorry. Uh, he was three. He was three. Go ahead. Oh, that's great. Make me feel yeah. even older. He was three. Um, <laughs> the I was at this right after right if you go back and watch the ABC footage of um of that Super Bowl you get some great FaceTime right after the final play like your helmet <laughs> off they the you know obviously Dyson doesn't get in the Rams are celebrating and you're just there's this look of like befuddleness like that just comes across your face and you're just like but you get mad airtime which I will say as an offensive lineman pretty impressive just like, is it over? That's how this thing ends, you know? And I will say, I, you know, I will take solstice and um, knowing that that was one of the more memorable Super Bowls because of the ending, right? And the only thing that really made it more memorable is that we were getting our butts kicked in the first half. Right. Think about it. If we're not getting just slapped up and down in the first half to create a dramatic comeback, then it's just an interesting game, right? Yeah. Which goes down to the wire. Great. It's a good game. But it was just us making plays, getting back in and after they just punched us in the face in the first half going against the greatest show on turf. And now we're, you know, back in the ball game with a chance to tie it. And of course, revisionist history always forgets that fact. We wouldn't have gone into score and win. People always kind of fast forward to what could have happened, but we would have just tied it, maybe taken it into overtime. And then who's, who knows what well, would have happened. Yeah. I feel like with the momentum, you guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's what we felt. We felt yeah. that, you know, if we had had a chance to kind of get some extra minutes on there, Oh, we got this thing, but you know, Brad, let, let me flash back to your freshman year and, or your rookie season, I should say, in 93. Um, Bryson's obviously going to be in his rookie season this year, and it is different eras. 
Did you have any tips for him on how to avoid hazing? You know, you you were on the same <laughs> line as Bruce Matthews and Mike Munchak coming in. Was do you have any hazing stories? Maybe you could share with us from yes. one of those guys or anyone. Um, on- well, the thing is, uh, if if you're willing to go along with the things, then they really leave you alone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If they say, "Rookie, get up there and sing your fight song," well, if you get up there and you sing it and you sing it <laughs> passionately, you're know, like, Damn. you know what I mean? Rook, go do this, and you do carry this pad. You, I mean, if you just do it, then it's like, you know, all right, there's no big deal. Of course, I came in bald headed, so it wasn't like they had to shave any sort of creative uh, right. things in my head. You know what I mean? I could, you know, so. And I, I think one of the, also, the things that was different was my first year was the first year of the CBA. Um, and with that, we had some pretty creative language in my contract that needed the approval of the NFL. So the Oilers thought, okay. So I was a nine day holdout just because of the, you know, the logistics of it all. Uh, not because I was holding out for any more money or anything like that. We just had some language that basically gave me incentive that if a certain um, part of the team performed at a certain level, like, you know, ranked at cert- certain levels, then I got a percentage increase. You know, it's just ways to, you know, make more mm-hmm. money in there, being yeah. creative. Well, they weren't sure how that would even play out. They didn't want to get in trouble. Uh, so I sat there literally in street clothes for nine days. And I'm sure that that affected those nine days when you're going through two days or whatever, uh, it did affect um, their ability to you know, interact with me. But I will say, I was there every day. I was in on the field, standing in my street clothes next to them while they were doing their stuff. I wasn't like in some hotel. I wasn't like right, you right, know, not hiding in Cancun or whatever. You know, while they worked out my contract, I was there showing them that I wanted to work. I was ready to work, and that whatever was holding up that process, hey, it's just part of the business. But you know, I'm here ready to go. Now, Brad, I feel like you can uh, provide a lot of good insight on this question because obviously you played with Eddie George, you blocked for him, and you also played with Javon Kurse, and you had to block like really good pass rushers just in your era. I mean, you played 13 years, you faced all the greats, Reggie White, like just you name it, you probably blocked them. So if you had to choose one that was more important for this year's Titans, would you say it's getting a Jadavian Clowney in two-tone blue or paying Derrick Henry the money he probably, well, I mean, he definitely deserves? Which do you think is more important, the running back or the pass rush? Put him on the spot. Yeah, he's thinking. Okay. But let me ask you this before I answer that. Could Deion Lewis have done what Derrick Henry did if he were the feature back in this system? Not just take Derrick Henry out of the equation. He didn't get drafted. Yeah, it was Deion Lewis. He was the feature back. Could he have done what Derrick Henry did? I personally, I don't think so. No. I, Jack, no, he's just now, what, the reason what why I built like Henry. I, I I tend to agree with you because I'm not taking shots at the offensive line. Derrick made that group look better than they were. By oh, point. for sure. Without okay. yeah, without he did. And I'm not sure that Deion had the physical stature to be able to do what Derrick Henry did. So he did. Now, you know, it was a tandem. It wasn't like there were just a bunch of bums out there and Derek was just, you know, out there for fighting for his life. You know, they did some good things to be able to move and deflect or whatever, but a lot of it was because of you're, you're looking at a 6'3", you know, 240-pound back coming downhill, coming downhill. They weren't trying to be creative with it, right? He wasn't in the pass game a whole bunch. 
know, they were feeding that monster and, and expecting you to be physical and stop him. Well, a lot of guys didn't want to do that on defense. You know, so that lent to him having a really good, really good outing. So I think that with that being the most important element in an offense, the ability to control the line of scrimmage, it starts with you being physical up front and gaining yards in the ground game. Just think about it. If, if, the, if the biggest distance you ever deal with in third and anything is third and short, I mean, how easy to convert third and short, stay on the field, and ultimately bump your head on the goalpost. You know what I mean? So when, you, when you're playing a passive game where you're trying, you know, I get it, play action works. You know, sometimes people love seeing big explosive plays by being in the shotgun. But when you've got a dude like Derrick Henry and a system that's allowed, that's willing to feature him, um, that's just a different element. And you don't see a bunch of those guys running around anymore. You know what I mean? So you, you, you do see a lot of one-two tandems in the backfield, which what they're, what they're doing is they're leveraging the ability, you know, versus paying a single guy. Ezekiel Elliott, Eddie George, Melvin Gordon, eh, these are just, just starting to be um, ghosts. You know what I'm saying? Christian McCaffrey, that's an aberration. But because Christian McCaffrey has the ability to affect the pass game just as much as he does the run game, he's an asset. If you don't have that kind of ability and you're one-dimensional, Leonard Fournette, and you can't stay on the dang football field, you're a liability. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that the question is, do you want to get somebody that can press the pocket, you know, force the quarterback into maybe bad situations, get turnovers? That's, that's understandable. I get that. Um, but it's more important to at least maybe score. I'm not trying to say get in a pissing match with a skunk, but you want to every time you step on the football field, either get touchdowns or settle for field goals being in that range. So that's a great question. And me being an offensive player, I would probably lean towards, you know, it's great to have a guy that can get the ball back to an offense because he's, you know, sacking the quarterback and, and helping the guys in the back and get your picks. But if that offense can't do anything with it once he gets it to him, you know, <laughs> what are we doing here? You know? You're right. So, that's a, that's pretty much a long answer or a long way to say Derrick Henry should be paid. Henry, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully we and, can but get the, but, but I don't want you, Jack, to you know think that I don't understand the complete value of the other side of your question. Yes, exactly. Meaning being able to get a proven veteran at a reduced cost now, mm-hmm. right? Someone that's understanding more of the reality of what his range actually is, and understanding that hey, look, and you know the thing is the holdup with him is what Corona. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Because if trainers were able to you know, get and pull on him and, and just get to, you know, put hands on him and talk to him and travel to the facilities and just get some up close and personal questions answered about him, see the excitement, you know, create some dazzle about the whole thing, you know, get him excited about the process until that happens. You know, we're left to this kind of interaction, which is limited at best. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I think a lot of teams have struggled yeah. to really get Clowney to sign on the dotted line. What I'm going to ask you next is, Coming in as a rookie tackle, there's a lot of pressure, especially when you're forced to, you know, play right off the bat. Isaiah Wilson, he may have to, he'll probably be thrown into the fire early in the season. What yeah. advice, if any, would you have for a tackle that is that is getting ready to come in, hold down the edge of the offensive line on a team that really does like to run the ball a lot? Well, I think that to learn the most, you have to be the most vulnerable. And what I mean by that is, Ask questions of guys around you that will help you improve your liabilities. You know what I mean? You know your strengths. If you're a tremendous run blocker, well, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard to translate being a tremendous run blocker into the league. It's got to get used to timing and speed of it all, right? But if you're a terrible pass blocker, you need to get with those guys on both sides of the football that can help you improve that, especially if you're one that's going to be called on early. So that caught that show that, and, it's, and he's a little behind the eight ball because what? We don't have time to interact with mm-hmm. the guys 
you know, on you know, like right now, he could be working out in OTAs with the dudes next to him on the field doing stuff, right? What are you gonna do it virtually? You know, what, what are you doing there? Is your, is your foot on? No, you're on the thirty where? Yeah, you know? <laughs> what are you doing here? You know what I mean? So you got to try and be creative, but uh, it's really just nice like making yourself vulnerable and being able to ask questions. How do I improve? You know what I mean? And being mm-hmm. also receptive to those answers. You know, and and don't develop thin skin. You know, when someone tells you that you know that they tells you something, you can usually tell they're trying to be a jerk about it. You know, they're not trying to help you. But if you see those people that are really, you have to be susceptible to those guys that are like trying to help you improve your game. Because that's what it's about. It's about being able to give those people that understand the speed of it, the logic of it, right? And they're trying to help you get acclimated, you know? So don't be a, oh, I got this. No, you don't got this. Yeah. You know? So don't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs> I would say this, as a football player, I feel like, uh, I mean, you, you and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like virtual practices would be pretty nice like you know it's like coach tells you to like run a lap and you're like oh i'm sorry coach connection's pretty bad like uh yeah but the thing about it is you know but what about those guys austin that need that element of accountability by going into the facility by people knowing that if i don't show up today you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna get it done because think about it, like the biggest problem that people are having, having to work from home remotely is what? The distractions. Yeah, uh, productivity. I mean, guess yeah. what? You got the TV and DVR. You got the refrigerator. <laughs> Kids are home now too, right? So you got to right, get them quiet right. and get the hell out of your office. You know what I mean? Whatever. So we're, we're faced with trying to be productive in this new environment, the new normal. But yeah, we're all faced with these challenges. And if you don't have that innate, you know, like accountability, that kind of thing that says, you know what? I need to get my butt in the gym. Oh, dang it, the gyms are closed. I better be creative and find some way to work out. You know what I mean? Or else when the lights click on, I'm going to just be getting up off the couch, you know, dusting off potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> you let, know, let, what are we doing? Let me ask you this. Um, and this is a safe place. This is, you know, you can come clean here. Oh, my God. Uh, safe who, <laughs> who on, uh, <laughs> on your Titans teams – would have been the guy if you had virtual practices or like you had to meet via zoom who would be the guy that would be opting to you know finish ozark season three rather than show up to the uh the zoom meeting um i uh, in my era uh yeah oh ryan long Now, I say it's a good that, remember the Titan right there. Uh-huh. Well, the, but this is the thing, though, guys. You have to understand this. Football is a passion of ours, especially you know to be able to play at this level. But it's not always your only passion. Right. You know? And there are so many things that Ryan is talented at doing that I could totally see him, you know, immersing himself in some episode of Off-Road Trucker. You know what I mean? Or, you know, some <laughs> kind of, you know, whatever. You know, building something with his hands. Because... Uh, I do know that he's involved in some projects that um, like he's creating some kind of utility knife that doubles as a, I don't know, some kind of crazy thing, but he makes these things, you know what I mean? With his, yeah. you know, some of it with his own hands. So I can totally see something that's off the beaten path. Like what we would normally expect for an athlete like Ryan, that, right. that would totally like, you know, look a squirrel. I could totally see him totally being distracted by something other than, you know, the minutia of getting better as a football player. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, Brad, uh, Steve McNair. Obviously, we we all I think it's been ten years, and 
everyone can't still can't get enough of great Steve McNair stories. You protected his blind side for so long, and you had the pleasure of being in all of, all of his huddles. Um, what what's your favorite Steve McNair memory or story that you can share with us? Um, I think that there are two moments that kind of epitomize the character of Steve. Um, there's a picture of Steve going airborne in, I'm not sure which end zone it was, against the Steelers. Right? Yes, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Surgery. You remember the shot, Jack? Yeah. Well, I remember that play distinctly because I was getting blown up. <laughs> diving into the end zone. And I, and there was a reason McNair was still, up and down. <laughs> listen, if you look at the still, it's if you get wider out in it, you see me just getting lost, right? I'm getting, but I had to sacrifice my body to get him in the end zone, right? It's like, oh, so, cool, McNair's upside down. Oh, wait, and so is Brad right. Hopkins. <laughs> so when he jumped up, the first thing he did was point to his back. Like, it's like, don't even worry about it. And the mm-hmm. crowd just, I mean, for him to, you know, take flight, I'm just going to hold all of um, I don't even know what it was called then. Probably just the Coliseum. We lost to Delphia. Yeah, but, right. um, but just to hear the crowd response to Steve telling them, hey, look, I know you you had a moment of like, <gasps> like, what you doing? You know what I mean? When he jumped up and pointed his back, like, it's, you know, we got this. I was like, man, that dude right there, you'd ride out forever for him, right? And the second one was um, we were uh, going back and forth against the Giants in Meadowland. And uh, it was a rainy game, or sometime in like November or whatever. Uh, maybe it was actually later than that because I think it was some playoff implications. We needed to win the game to keep up, a, you know, like at least in the in the standings. And uh, they had just went up a touchdown. I think it was like maybe three minutes, two or three minutes left in the game. And uh, it wasn't even a touchdown; it went up like by four. So that way, a field goal wouldn't. Have, we needed to score. And so we're all just like, man, this sucks. We got to put together a drive, you know, uh, backs against the wall in hostile territory, like New York, you know what I mean? They're feeling blood because, you know, they got us on the ropes. And Steve mm-hmm. came in, and we were all just kind of looking at each other. He kind of came last one in the huddle after he got the play because we were doing a TV timeout. And he said, uh, why all the long faces? And he started laughing like <laughs> that. And just when he started laughing, we were like, you big dummy, we're about to lose this game, you know? And he just <laughs> went out there and made play after play after play, and we ended up winning that game. Yeah, and wow. I think that the reason why we were able to win the game, why? Because he came in and he had a moment of levity. Like, you know, come on, man, what's going on? It's a football uh, game, you know? Yeah. For to come in there with that kind of approach to it, not like, you know, staring at his wristband. You know, like, oh, you Relax. know, like nervous and tense, you know? Because think about it. What if he came in there and did that? We'd have been like, oh, yeah, we lost this game, you know? We, you know? But he came in there cool, calm, poised, ready to lead. Yeah. But before I let you go, Brad, uh, which thank you so much for doing this, dude. You're you're the sure. coolest. You really are. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and it's and it, and it's not just like the uh, it's not just like the ashy goatee that you got, like the gray mixed with the like the pepper goatee you've got going on. That's not the only thing that makes you cool. Like the fact that you <laughs> gave us this much time. You, you're, you're getting limited daylight because, you know, the sun's going Yeah, down I was going to say, there. yeah, the power's going <laughs> yeah, down. We got, we got, we got, right, we'll be in a darker in a few minutes. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the thing I wanted to ask you was, um, obviously, nowadays, um, and even just last year alone, I feel like for the Titans, you see so many awesome, uh, I guess what, they, what the kids call online, fat guy TDs. You see offensive linemen. You got Dan Quisenberry catching a touchdown last year. You know, you've got all of these like uh, linemen getting involved in the offense. Um, Dennis Kelly. I, yeah. Dennis Kelly. I, 
Wilson, he, you know, when, when he was in high school, he used to play quarterback and run, you know, the Wildcat as a quarterback uh, at, the, at his size. Do you ever, like, see that and just, like, get a little, like, I don't know, just jealous or you just kind of like, long for the, like, man, I wish, I wish they would have called a few plays to old 72 back in the day. That might have been a window of just a couple of years, maybe after Bruce retired, where it would have been cool to have a lineman do that, you know, because, you know, if, if you're with Bruce Matthews, uh, Mark Stepnoski, uh, John Runyon, there's a bunch of guys there that would be cool to go out, and, you know, for a pass, right? It'd be cool right. for any one of us to do it. But I think that, you know, by the time it would have been cool for me to do it, you know, that, that ship had sailed. I think I was going on the third knee operation or something. <laughs> I, don't oh. know, I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, but I did think about it, though, when I was watching some of these as a, as a younger player. You know, man, why don't they put a play in for me? Um, but I think being at left tackle, it would have been harder to disguise that. You know what I mean? It would have been a blatant slap in your face if I was lined up at the tight end. Something, Somebody came in to play left tackle for me. Oh, right here. I think they're about to do something over here. How he's lined up at tight end. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, been, it's a little more obvious. It better work if you're going to do that because you're basically saying, we don't care if you know anyway. You know what I mean? So I, the opportunity never presented itself through all the coordinators I had, through Heimerdinger, Chow, Steckel, yeah. uh, uh, Jim Rome. None of them ever put a play in for me. So okay. Now, that, like, that, what about like even, even now – with your son drafted into the NFL as a tight end, like you don't, you don't wish for like one touchdown to where you could be like, see son, this is how you do it. You know? Dude, listen, you don't understand how extremely jealous I am of Bryson because Bryson is living the exact career that I would have wanted. Um, we both saw ourselves playing basketball. Like I mentioned earlier in our, in our um, yeah. interview. Yeah. You said uh, uh, Moline high school. Am I, am I right? Yeah. And guess yeah. when I, guess when I elevated and started playing really well as a junior, just like Bryson. Yeah. Playing tight end. Now, the difference was I wasn't disciplined and I ate my way to tackle my freshman year <laughs> where, where Bryson never even thought about that. Right. But to, to watch him be athletic on the football field, which is something I prided myself on being was an athlete, even as a big guy. And just to, to watch his game develop. I, I'm so jealous of, of not you know his notoriety or anything like that, but just the fact that he's playing a position that actually changed my thoughts about football. You know, because who wants to play football? Who wants to be a dang lineman, right? Everyone <laughs> wants to catch the ball and, you know. Right, have right. The crowd go Nobody, I mean, sure. If, if you're one of those players that, you know, have annihilating ability and you can just get pancakes every time you step on the field, people notice that stuff, right? I wasn't that kind of guy. So you're not going to notice me on the football field unless what? I'm in the end zone like a Bryson. But it is what it is. Worked the, out uh, for the best, didn't it? Yeah, yeah you're right, Jack. Worked out for the best. You're right about, you're, now, you're right about that. Last question. Be honest. Mm. If the Rams play the Titans, who are you pulling for? Ooh. Because I know as a, as in uh, fighting a line eye, when uh, mm. when they would play Purdue, you went half and half with the hat and right. Purdue yeah. got like. If you have to choose one, who are you going? Rams or Titans? Man, that is a great question. Remember but who paid you all the money. Remember I that. Know. I'll I just know. say that. But look, but know this. I will be excited to get a number eighty-eight Rams jersey. That'll be cool. Because think about it. It's going to have Hopkins on the back, which is going to be really cool. <laughs> that you know would be mean? cool. And the, um, the new ones, too. The the new, like, and, throwbacks and honestly, that they're going to have. Austin Jack, I'm going to wear it every time I go see him. You know what I mean? And As you should. The Titans, and when I go to the Titans game, I'm not going to wear Bryson's Rams jersey. You know what I mean? People <laughs> <laughs> are like, what the hell? That's so fair. You, you know what I mean? So, obviously, I think in, in, in any, the only scenario that I would not 
root for the Titans would be if they were going against my son. You know, so if it came down to it, and I didn't say the Rams, I said my son. You know what I mean? So yeah. in other words, the Rams could lose. It's, as long it's as like Bryce it's like your two or three touchdowns. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> it's your favorite team playing like the guy you have in fantasy. You know, it's like you you want exactly. your team to win, but like you want that the guy in fantasy to do really well. I remember, I remember when Illinois beat Bryson, and Purdue had a terrible game, and I was just thinking, how do you celebrate this? You know, like yeah. dang, you know, Purdue had a terrible game. I feel bad for my son because he's upset. You know, but. But my alma mater won. Yay. Should you know, I? So I like, Nobody wins in those situations. All <laughs> right. Should, but, uh, I mean, yeah, either way. should I draft Bryson in fantasy this year? You're dang right you should. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, and, and I'll just say this here. Um, I love Lewis Riddick, and I respect you know his take on the game. Lewis said that... Um, Sometime after the draft coverage, if you listen to what they said, he said that Bryson could be the steal of the draft um, okay. because he's a fourth. He was a fourth round pick, and what got him is the fourth to the fourth round is concentration. Bryson had the third most drops in the NFL for Division One tight ends. Okay, of course you get a lot of balls thrown your way when you leave that way, leave that high, right? But Lewis picked out what he was doing immediately. He said, "He said Bryson Hopkins tends to look to where he's going." Once he catches the ball, before he actually catches it, and it produces drops. He'll make the big catch, but he needs to stay concentrated on watching the ball all the way in before he makes his next move. And when I told Bryson that Lewis said that, he said, exactly. He said, I know I need to work on that. And guess what? Sean McVay and the Rams, they're going to work on that with him. So if all of a sudden his numbers go up dramatically because he's able to have sticky fingers and make the plays athletically that he's known to be making, right? He's going to come out of nowhere. He's going to be a fourth-round pick. He's going to be a Dawson Knox. No one sees this kid coming. All of a sudden, he's a safety valve. Guess who Bryson's best friend is? Dawson Knox. Yeah. I'm an Ole Miss guy. I can get behind that for sure. They work out every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Well, hey, he is uh, Bradley D. Hopkins. Find him on Twitter at B Hop or at B underscore Hop72. He's the man. Brad, dude, I honestly, like, I. Just when I think you can't get cooler, you just you <laughs> completely <laughs> you just completely go against the grain and just completely just become somehow cooler. You are the man. We're gonna get you back on uh, when once you have uh, power back and a little closer yeah, to no the doubt, season. Man. Okay, we're about, we're about out. So, all right, man. You guys have a good night. <laughs> there are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Look, Jack, I'm just going to say it. That might have been one of the greatest interviews I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, That was so good. And I'm not I'm not just saying that because uh, we recorded this part before the interview. But uh, but yeah, it was such a good interview. That's what that's what you have to expect from Brad Hopkins. Right. Yeah. Great stuff. No matter if you've heard it or not which we may not have heard it just yet, but we're, we're assuming with our interviewing skills that it was fantastic. Oh, Jack, that one question you asked was phenomenal. Like I yeah. was like blown away. I was like, such a good question. I thought and so even I think, I it. yeah, I'm pretty sure Brad said like, good, uh, good question. So, um, <laughs> uh, but Hey, before we go, um, we want to, we want to hit on a few other, uh, quick Titans points. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start here. According to Sportsline, kind of going touching on the uh, odds like we did earlier in the pod, 
according to Sportsline, the closest NFL division races based on advanced data stimula- uh, simulations, sorry, not stimulations, advanced data simulations, the closest division race is in the AFC South. The Colts have a 40.5% chance to win the AFC South. The Titans have a 39.6% Ooh. chance to win. So really it's like neck and neck between the Colts and Titans, according to advanced data simulations. And I don't know what you guys go yeah. by in the off season, but that's the only thing I ever go by. <laughs> yeah. I'm not exactly sure what those numbers mean, but is yeah. It- like, is it, like, do they play it a bunch of times on Madden? Like, <laughs> yeah, Madden. Get those. Like, is it, is it literally just an algorithm like written on a Harvard dorm room window? They they get like a, a blind puppy in whichever bowl he eats out of first a hundred times. But, <laughs> like one of those octopuses and put a football. Yes, in exactly. Yeah. But isn't it every year where the AFC South is kind of a toss up between two, sometimes three, even four teams on occasion? Yeah. So so this doesn't come as much of a surprise because the Colts. There's a lot. There's there's a big unknown. Will Rivers be the same as last year, or will will Frank Reich's offense kind of prop him up and? and hide the ugliness of what, what happened with his interceptions last year. And from the Titans' perspective, can they, can they repeat, you know, just ground and pound physical offense with successful quarterback play from Tannehill. And, yeah. you know, I, where were the Texans in all of this? Because they have arguably the most question marks heading into this season. They, they were, so I didn't look at the, um, I didn't look at the entire AFC listings, but they weren't, I know the Titans, the Titans were like, I want to say like, um, what were they? They were, they were like fifth or sixth in the AFC and the Texans mm-hmm. obviously were not ahead of them. Yeah. So the Texans are, have kind of dropped off a bit. And obviously like with the signings that that idiot Bill O'Brien has made, um, <laughs> it's not, it's not a shocker, but yeah, like I, I'm already annoyed with Philip Rivers as the Colts quarterback because like I I just know it. I know there's going to be some weeks this season where they're going to win games that they shouldn't win. Like they'll be hanging yeah. around and for some reason Philip Rivers as frustrating of a quarterback as he is to watch, he's also frustrating to watch as the opponent of him. And he'll keep it I, close. It's it's always close down the every line. Every Sunday, he is somehow still like he has the ball with the game on the line, and he's going to, and he's going to win some games against the Colts that are going to be so frustrating for Titans fans that it's just I, I like I'm already mad. I'm already mad, and we we don't even have like we're not even out of quarantine yet. Like <laughs> we're so far away from the season, and I'm I'm just pissed off. And uh, anyway, and I'm I'm just pissed that the Colts are slightly better than the Titans and the AFC's out. Like, it's like, yeah, can't, they like, go, can't they go away for more than one year? You know, they go away. Give some respect. We, or give the Titans some respect, I should say. I got a tag. Right. Give them some, they just made it off the AFC Championship. The Colts are bringing in a new quarterback who has mileage on him. And I, I yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the, the Titans deserve more respect than this. The, the Colts freaking, let's think about this for a second. The Colts had Peyton Manning. And then they then they take a year off and they go, um, uh, they have a year off with with Curtis Painter and they sucked and that was awesome. Then the very next year they draft Andrew Luck and they're good again. This last year they took a year off with Jacoby Brissett and they're rotating like crew of quarterbacks. 
Now they got Philip Rivers, and they're probably going to be good again. And that that just pisses me off. Anyway, I'm sorry. I we should. I'm it, a Philip Rivers hater. I, I don't believe in it, but it did. Yeah, it took. Look, it took the Titans a miracle goal line stand last year to beat Philip Rivers and, yeah. and the Chargers. And the Colts have a similar talent on that roster as the Chargers did. So yeah, I think it's going to be knocked down. You know, drag out fights between both of those teams twice next year, maybe three times. I'll say this. The Titans did have the fifth highest percentage in the AFC to win Super Bowl 55 with 1.42%. Not to brag. <laughs> um, real quick, jersey numbers. Uh, Titans announced new jersey numbers for the rookies they drafted. And to me, uh, jersey numbers are, are they're like kind of like uh, the nutritional facts on a box of cereal, you know? How many calories? <laughs> like, it's cool if that's your thing, but like, I just don't really care. You yeah. know, like I'm not gonna, like, I'm not interested in the calorie count or the grams of sugar. This podcast like, is not vegan in that way. Right. Like I'm just not invested, but like, and, and like, if, you know, if you're going to, if, if you're into what number Isaiah Wilson's going to wear great for you. And for, for those people, we've got you covered right here. The notable numbers, Cole McDonald, number two, Darrington Evans, 32, uh, shout out. That was my uh, number in college. Uh, Zach Karen uh, is 69. Nice. <laughs> and I, I bring that up for two reasons. One, uh, because he's uh, Zach Karen is one letter away from being Zach Kern. Uh, and because he's number 69. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that alone is going to get him pretty far with Titans fans. Oh, without question. Like, you, you know how many times like people will mistake like, did Brett Kern change his number? Oh, no, that's Karen. Brett Kern gained a ton of weight this offseason. What happened? Uh, Isaiah Wilson, 79. Christian Fulton, 26. Ugh, oh, rest in no. peace, Logan Ryan. Uh, he's not dead. I just, yeah, I just hope he rests comfortably tonight. Um, Chris yes, Jackson. The Jets are coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Chris Jackson, 35. Uh, uh, Kamalaya? Kem- Kem- like, I never... Correa. What, what what's his Kim, first name? Let's say Kamalaya. I like Kamalaya. Kamalaya. But, but we'll have to we'll have to figure the correct pronunciation out. But he's good. Correa. He had a great postseason, great game against the Ravens, and yeah, he's he's got new number, new number. So when you're looking for him on the sidelines, just know he's number forty now. Four zero. The reason being because forty four has gone to Mr. Vic Beasley Jr. And lastly, the merch man, Laryl, Laryl Yanni. Hey, Laryl. Yanni Murchison, it's got uh, 91 is his uh, is his number. So okay. numbers are your thing. That's uh, that's for you. Also, the Titans made a hire that, that I feel like is pretty significant, Jack. Yeah, the Titans continue to bolster their front office. They, they've kind of jumped into the elite level of front offices in the NFL. And they do, they, they do this by going to... Going back to the watering hole in New England. <laughs> they, it's literally, it's like they're they're just like slowly picking apart piece by piece, like uh, almost like a, I don't want to call it a junkyard because New England's obviously this like you know this this famed palace, but they're yeah they're just keep going up there and stealing piece by piece. It's and, like and an they're... apple tree, you know. You can a nice <laughs> yeah. reliable apple tree you can always pull from whenever you're hungry, and that's kind of yeah. what they did. They hired. Uh, the Patriots director of college scouting, Monty Ossenfort. And Monty Ossenfort not only brings a vast amount of knowledge about. Wait, hold know, on. Hold on. The Monty Ossenfort? The, I know. I know. I can't. I, I couldn't believe it either when I read it. I was like, oh my God, I've, I've heard of this guy ever since I was born. 
but but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay thinks they got the best Patriot in the offseason. <laughs> I think again, yeah. Monty O, with one of the greatest bald heads in front office history, is joining the Titans as director of player personnel. Now, this hire is kind of a familiar hire because he worked under John Robinson for eight years up in New England. And I mentioned the apple tree, right? So yeah. it seems like most of these guys we always pull from New England uh, work out. Now, Vrabel had ties. Robinson obviously has been phenomenal. You get Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan. I'm making the apple pulling movement here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, for those who can't see, he's literally pulling, <laughs> pulling apples off of a fake tree. And and the only ones that really didn't work were, I guess, Deion Lewis. Um, you go, and then the lab rat. Which, all- which I mean, and and not to cut you off, but the Deion Lewis. I mean, yeah, he wasn't that great this past year, but he was he was, he was decent. serviceable. Like, he was serviceable. Yes, exactly. And that's like you got as much out of Deion Lewis as I think you were going to get out of yeah. Deion. And you kind of go, you trace it all the way. You obviously had Randy Moss there too as well. You trace oh, it all oh, the yeah. way. Oh, greatest receiver in time. <laughs> yeah. You trace it all the way back to what I think was the lab rat behind this whole experiment. And that was David Givens in 2006, who, who was a bad app. He was, he was, he was pretty beat up when he joined the Titans. I think he had knee problems, played about five games, made like eight catches. But David Givens, you get, I will give you the credit for starting this trend of the Titans going up to New England and pulling from that apple tree. We we do not have uh, remember the Titan today. Um, just schedule just for we've had some, we've had a couple good ones, haven't we? That David Gibbons is a, is a damn good remember <laughs> the Titan. Um, the uh, also um, uh, oh and uh, the Texans they made a hire as well, not to be outdone by the Titans. They hired someone almost as important. They hired a hygiene coordinator. Now, like, obviously, wow. like, the easy joke here is, uh, you know, the Texans hired a personal hygiene coordinator because they stink. <laughs> which, yeah, that's the that's easy that's layup. That's, that uh, yeah, we'll, we'll accept it just because we're also Titans fans. Yeah. But uh, but I, I actually, I, I kind of like this move because it's nice to see Derek Dooley get another job again. You know, especially in the NFL, <laughs> I, which no, I'm kidding. It's not Derek Dooley is uh, hired, but it should be. Yeah, he's exactly, and I'm sure he's who many immediately thought of, which kind of like makes me feel bad for Derek Dooley because you know football coaches work so hard at trying to win a game each week, and it's so repetitive, and they do the same thing over and over, and they just try and win as many games as possible just so they can leave a legacy. Whereas Derek Dooley could honestly win every single game that he coaches for the rest of his career. And he'll still always be known as the guy who had to teach his Tennessee players how to shower correctly. And for his stool on the sideline, his literal sitting on a stool. You left out, you left out being the whipping boy for Des Bryant. And you 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 left that out. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. His time with Dallas as the, uh, as the uh, <laughs> wide receivers coach, that the, I don't think he liked that job as right. much as the others. But and the he first, was an offensive coordinator at Mizzou, and they they went like a three game stretch struggling that's, to score touchdowns this past year. But anyway, I, what came to my mind was they just signed Laramie Tunzel, right? Yeah. So I, I figured they just brought this guy in to clean Laramie Tunzel's bong. I feel I feel like that's <laughs> the, I feel like that's the only thing that they hired him for. I should we say that this is the greatest signing that the 
the Texans have made this season? It has to be. I mean, it's there's literally. I mean, he's, it's easy for this guy. He's going up against Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks was a trade. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, this guy's in the conversation, which is a sign of a bad off season. Yeah, I was gonna say, I like he. I'm, I think they just hired him just to clean up the crap that uh, Bill O'Brien has created down there in here. Dig out the the whatever it is the grease and whatever and oh, bill brian maybe that's a that's a two-man job that's like yeah. <laughs> i feel like the the guys who clean mount rushmore have to be the ones to get in that crevice in his chin oh god that's not a job <laughs> i'd like to have <laughs> oh man oh we laugh because we're just delaying the inevitable here on the tighten up podcast it's time we shift focus now this is the part of the podcast where we bump the vitamin c into the podcast like the literal like the singer vitamin c because i believe it was she who notoriously said and i quote as we go on we remember all the times we had together Mm, wow tears this And we will never, ever forget all the times we had together with Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, arguably, but before we get into the, just the, the, like, he couldn't have gone out on a better, like, with a better highlight this past season than he did. But before we get into that, I also got to talk about, like, I mean, you talk about edge rushers. Logan Ryan could blitz with the best of them. Yeah, he sure could. And, wanna know how, you want to know how I know? Because, uh, like, anyone, like, I'm always reminded of it by all the losers who say we shouldn't get Jadavian Clowney in two-tone blue because they always they always hit you with that same stat. Well, Logan Ryan had more sacks than Jadavian Clowney last year. It's like, yeah, it's because Logan Ryan blitzed off the edge a ton. <laughs> you know, like, it's still impressive. Unblocked. Very impressive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, four and a half sacks this past season four sacks the season before that that's that's eight sacks in two years by a guy who plays corner like that's mm-hmm. pretty good i mean he had three great years with the titans they accomplished the team yeah, accomplished a lot so did logan ryan i think the titans used the hell out of him too i think he he was defending on pass plays more on a higher percentage than anyone in the, or took more defensive pass snaps than anyone in the nfl but i do want to touch on his last great memory as a titan because you're right, he did go out on a high note. But I just want to know how high of a note because that moment when he re- he had the pick six against Brady in New England to dismantle the dynasty, where does that rank for you in all-time Titans moments? Ooh, good question. Um, I mean, it's definitely up there. It's I mean, it's it's funny. It, it's hard to now that like we've had a few months away from that play you start to realize just how much, how big it, it actually was. Um, and I would say that was the biggest play of the postseason. And and there and that's coming from a Ravens yeah. game the very next week where there were plenty of big plays. You know, Khalif that Raymond game was and, that game was really never close. Like, Derrick Henry, like the and that's game was. exactly. And I think that's why that Logan Ryan interception was the biggest play of the the playoffs this year. So if I'm doing a if I'm, it, I would dare say it's on the Mount Rushmore of Titans. I think it is all time. Like top four, obviously Music City Miracles number one. Yes, clearly. I would say I, I would say Logan Ryan is up there. 
It's it's I don't know if it's number two. I don't think I'm not I, I, but I have him at two. But mainly because like yeah, I haven't I mean it's a, it's a great playoff moment, you know. My it other is, one, yeah. The other ones I was thinking about would be number one, any moment in Steve McNair's MVP season. Any yes. moment can yeah. can that that I mean that's fine with me. Uh I think of the Barona sixty yarder against the Colts. That's in regular season, so that unfairly probably gets bumped down. Yeah. Uh there's a uh, who, who Barona's made, a, I believe, a few field goals at the buzzer in, in the playoffs as well, which could could also fall in that category. Then you go to um, the McNair games when he when he led the team back with with a bad sternum. You go to Vince Young's comeback, I believe yeah. it was against the Giants. Um, Corey Davis's catch against the Eagles. Those are all like I guess contenders, but I think this the Logan Ryan pick six is squarely on the Mount Rushmore at number two. Uh-huh. I was going to say like, yeah, you have to just go, yeah, you have to go big. I think you have to go playoff moments for the biggest Titans moments because yeah. the Titans are so new. And so there aren't that many um, like great playoff moments. So like that, that's just where you have to go right off the bat. And I mean, even though it's not a good memory, I would say even Kevin Dyson final play of the Super Bowl. True. That's true. Is yeah. is right up there. If not, if not, then the play right before it, where McNair he fights off Escape Kevin the Carter. Sack. Yes, mm-hmm. and that that so that actually that may be my answer. So those three I've got, and then and then I would even and I I know the Mariota hater is going to hate this, but the Mariota touchdown pass to himself. Oh, clearly. I, how did I leave that off? That's that was the me. first playoff game in like a decade that the Titans had, and it was on the road against the Chiefs and. They, they that, were down that bad. The, that sparked the comeback, yeah. And so I think that that is up there. So I would say those are my four. But that's a great that's question. Good, that's, that's a good. Great. That's a good Mount Rushmore. That really is. And I mean, you but can the, you, you can kind of go anywhere with moments. You can even. I mean, was it a good moment at the time? Yes, I go to the the terrible towel stomping. What happened after was probably oh, oh. that that really hurts the moment for me. But <laughs> the Alvin Crumpler fumble. Oh um, yeah. Oh, that was oh. a bad one. Sorry. There's a lot. There's a lot of dark moments. So we won't touch on those, though. <laughs> I'm I'm still mad that Chris Johnson didn't play in the second half of that of that game. Yeah, I, that really frustrated me. Knees. You know, people 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 get mad at Mariota for not playing in Week 17 when his he had a much more serious injury, and people tend to forget that Chris Johnson sat out the second half of that Ravens divisional round playoff game, and when his it was just like a high ankle sprain. You know, like they were dude, shooting for those kneecaps, though. They were, they yeah. were, that was a dirty, yeah. it was a dirty Ravens defense. That was a dirty yeah. Ravens defense. Yeah, that, I feel like that season, that was 08, wasn't it? Uh, that was, yeah, that was the 13 was the and thir- 3 season that 13 went wrong. 13 and 3, Kerry Collins, man. Uh-huh, so with the chain gang and that D line <sighs> was so strong. Wow, that, that that whole season was a pretty good memory as well until the playoffs. Was. Yeah, no playoffs. Oh, man. All right. So uh, we were going to get to some emails, but just, you know, we're already running super long as it is. Um, but we we do have some emails that we're sitting on. We're going to get to those next week. So if you send us an email, don't worry, we're going to get to it um, next week. So tune in next week. Uh, we, we did get we, we got a, a good dumpster dive email and we got a, we got an email from one guy who asked. Uh, remember last week we asked um, to, we asked people to email us what what they thought we looked like based on how we sounded. We got a good email. With oh that. man, I haven't read that yet. I'm excited. Yeah. So if you've got, if you got an answer to that question, like what, if you have an idea built in your head of what we look like, just based off of how we sound, 
send us that because we'll have some fun with that. And um, we have a new email address. Yes. And that's why, yeah. Tighten up pod at a to Z sports, Nashville.com. So it's essentially the same email address. Just replace the Gmail with a to Z sports, Nashville.com, which is also the website you should set to your bookmarks because it's uh, your one-stop shop for all Tennessee sports fandom. Literally like any, if you're a fan of any pro or college team in the state of Tennessee, a to Z sports, Nashville is your website that you should go to. So tighten up pod at a to Z sports, Nashville.com is our new email address. Um, and you know, with, I mean, with that said, while we're on the subject, follow a to Z sports on social media at a to Z sports, all platforms. Trust me. It'll make your, your, just your social feeds better. Um, you can also follow this podcast on socials at tighten up pod on Twitter at tighten up podcast on Instagram. We've been sharing a lot of fun stuff on there every week. Uh, if you're, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll be on the inside of some of the jokes. Maybe we, we tweet out. So it's a great way to consume this podcast on, on days outside of Wednesday. Um, and uh, of course, obviously, Jack is at Jack A Gentry on Twitter. I'm at Austin Hop. Jack, anything for the road, man? That was fun with with B Hop. We had a blast with him. Uh, but yeah, just do all. Make sure you follow us on everything and send us some emails. Let's have some fun. Uh, we, we really we really like engaging with you guys. So yeah, oh, yeah. tighten up pod at G or at A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Yeah, and if you if you send us an email, include your dumpster dive. Let us know what kind yeah. of Titans fan you are. Who is your dumpster dive? Guys, this has been awesome. This has been fun. Um, but you know what? Until next week, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the 